Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast, and the Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 4-1 to one in Tampa versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Quite frankly, the Canadiens got their ass kicked tonight. And by the way, yeah, yeah I know uh, Matheson wasn't playing and Savard wasn't playing and Gallagher wasn't playing and this guy wasn't playing that guy. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. They're not good enough. Anyone who thought that they were good enough this year, oh, they're going to make the playoffs and Suzuki this and Caulfield that and this and that and whatever. And they work hard and they're young and they're exciting and they're a team of destiny. They're not making the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. I told you from training camp that at best, bottom 10, but more realistically, Bottom six. That's it. That's what it is. So now you have, you know, the choice to make. You either want them to be in no man's land and finish 10th last and, you know, pick accordingly or give themselves as good a shot at Connor Bedard as possible. Tonight for me is a fantastic night. It's a fantastic night for a guy who's been talking about the rebuild, who's been talking about tanking, who's been talking about this and that, all that stuff. Trade Jake Allen, trade him right away because all he's done over the last month or so is steal some points for the Montreal Canadiens, okay? Tonight, Allen was human. The Canadiens went up against a good team. They had five young defensemen playing. They were overwhelmed. It was too much for them. Good. Let's continue like that, okay? 
trade Jake Allen, trade another player or two. Don't rush anyone back into the lineup. You're not making the playoffs, all right? You're 10 points out of a playoff spot. There's 47 games left. And you know what? Now you understand what we've been talking about when we're talking about Connor Bedard, who was Canada's best player last game in a loss in scoring a goal. And tonight, in a win, 11-2 over Germany, he scores three, adds four assists, picks up seven points. Everyone started to talk about, you know, this guy might be getting close to Bedard, Fantilli, Michkov, Leo Carlson, this and that. This kid wants no part of it. He doesn't want to hear it. I've never seen a release like this ever, ever, ever. Cole Caulfield's got a great release. Austin Matthews has a great release. Alex Ovechkin has a great release. McGillney had a great release. Bunch of guys have a great release. I've never seen a hockey player have a release, have a wrist shot like this kid. It's unbelievable. This kid is a goal scorer. He's a playmaker. He's a passer. He's a shooter. He's got vision. He, he's everything all in one. Uh, tonight, he looked like a little bit of Braden Point. He looked like a little bit of uh, Cole Caulfield. He looked a little bit of Alex Ovechkin. He looked like a little bit of Austin Matthews. He looked like a little bit of Steven Stamkos. He looked like a little bit of Sidney Crosby. He looked like a combination of everyone who's great, including Connor McDavid. We can add to that list. He picked up seven points. He equaled a Team Canada record at the World Juniors tonight. At the same time, the Montreal Canadiens absolutely stunk in Tampa. The power play stunk. The penalty kill stunk. The even strength stunk. Everything absolutely. Braden Point went around four players. Four. Slavkowski. Dvorak. Uh, I think it was Harris and uh, Edmondson, was it? Uh, I'd have to go back and, you know, go through that in my head. Was it a Harris? I'm not sure if it was Harris. But anyway, he went, he went, he mesmerized even me. He went through four players like they weren't even there. And then you're watching the game and you're saying, oh, wow, what a great player. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice to have another great player like that on your team? Wouldn't it be nice? I think it would be nice. It's a sick podcast, Marinaro. I'm bringing it tonight. Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. They bring it all the time. Lakash, if the last time you went to Lakash was when the Habs had a player like a Connor Bedard, <laughs> Guy Lafleur, back in the 70s, that's... It's Guy Lafleur. Like, there's no one else in that conversation that they've had. No one. Well, it's time you go back to Lakash. The menu is going to surprise you. And, uh, and of course, 8.6 beer, intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct, they live their passions in order to make their mark. So now, please, let's stop. Let, let's stop with this, all this. This going to make, they're going to make the playoffs. And the, this is for, this, this is for stupid people. Okay. I'm not a stupid person. This is for stupid, stupid people believe they're going to make the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, crazier things have happened. This now they're not making the playoffs. Let's stop now. I've had enough. It's over. So now, if you're gonna be bad, you might as well be terrible. You know what? The players don't want to be terrible, but at the same time, you know what happens? Losing sometimes. You know what? You drop your head. We lost this, that. You start to give up a little bit. So players, players don't intentionally tank. They don't do that. They want to win all the time, but they really get discouraged when they lose games and when they're not in it. So, you know, as much as some of you feel bad about the Canadians losing tonight and the way they lost, I feel good. And I'm hoping they're going to lose again tomorrow night because a win at this point is 100% counterproductive. Counterproductive. That's what it is. You know who's not counterproductive is our guy Stu Cowan. As a matter of fact, he's very, very productive. That's why we keep bringing him back. <laughs> that in hockey inside out. What's going on, Stu? 
I'm doing well, Tony. How are you? You're uh, you're fired up tonight. That's good to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Connor Bedard, man, seven points, seven yeah. points. Yeah, he's a heck of a player. And and watching uh, watching Kane's game and switching back, uh, catch a little bit of the juniors here and there. And yeah, I think when I was on with you, Tony, last time from Dallas, I believe it was last week, and we were talking about Slavkovsky, and I was saying how I thought the Habs should have sent him to the World Junior Championship. And I agreed with you. And tonight, highlighted that, watching Slavkowski playing against Tampa Bay, I was thinking to myself, this kid should be at the World Juniors instead of playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's another story. But Connor Bedard, heck of a player. And the thing is, Tony, that yeah, the, up until this point of the season, the Canadians, we talked about many times, they were entertaining. They were fun to watch even when they were losing. They've become boring to watch again. Uh, you know, with the last nine games, they have uh, 16 goals in the last nine games. They're two, six, and one in that span. And one of the wins was an overtime. One of the wins was in a shootout. So it's sort of, you know, the injuries, as you mentioned earlier, are, have caught up to them because they're playing too many young guys and too many. They just have too many guys who can't score. I mean, that's basically what had been the problem with the Kings for a long time. And now it's catching up to them now. Marty St. Louis has done everything to try and get Yule Army to score except steal his equipment and go on the ice himself wearing Yule Army's equipment. And he probably would score if he did that. He'd have a better yeah. chance anyway. I, you know, seeing Yule Army on the first line again tonight, and I'm like, he is who he is. Just give up on him. You're not going to get him going. Nothing's going to happen. You're stuck with that contract. Either you send him to Laval, you buy him out, you do something. You got like, that's a guy. Yeah, that's a guy that it's not going to happen. It's, uh, I mean, Marty, I understand what Marty's doing. I asked him after the last game before Christmas, uh, and I said to him, you know, having Drouin and Army on the first line with Suzuki. I phrase the question. Well, I understand you're coaching for now. You're also coaching the future. How yeah. much does it factor in that you want to move these guys before the trade deadline and maybe trying to get them going? He says, no, I don't think about that at all. I think he does a little bit, but at this point, it's like enough of you alarm you. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, enough. Enough. A couple of things I want to tackle if I can. First of all, we have Mike on YouTube live right now, and everyone's watching on YouTube live, on Facebook live, and on Twitter live. I'm going to go absolutely nuts tonight. So start calling your friends. You can start telling them, by the way, <laughs> Marinaro's on the verge of going nuts. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, get ready. Let's go. Uh, Mike says, don't get carried away with Connor Bedard. They were playing Germany. They're crap. Okay. Mm -hmm. No problem. Why didn't somebody else pick up seven points? Yeah. Well, why didn't somebody else pick yeah. up six points? But he is, why didn't somebody else pick up five or four? Why didn't somebody else score a hat trick? Tony, score? You, I, you, I don't buy that. This all he's playing at the World Juniors, lower level of competition in the NHL, which again is why I think Slavkovsky should have gone back to play at the World Juniors. He's looking more and more lost as the season. There was a, a period there where he was progressing a little bit every game. I'm watching him tonight with the one hand on the stick, waving it here and there, and you know, making blind passes to the middle. He's just, he's not ready to play in the NHL. There's nothing wrong with that. He's 18 no. years old. There's nothing wrong with no. him not being ready to play in the NHL. But at this point, I think it's becoming counterproductive now. Yeah. And if they keep losing the way they're losing and the attitude in the room is going to get a little bit gloomier, um, I would have preferred to see him go to the World Juniors. And Stu, this management team hasn't got it wrong all that often since mm -hmm. Jeff Gordon was hired back in November of what was it now, almost 14 months ago, all right? Kent yeah. Hughes hasn't got it wrong what? in the last year that he was hired all that often, all right? They got it wrong by not sending Slavkovsky to the World Juniors. And everyone who said, yeah, but he's going to go to a team who's not very good, first of all, that's a load of crap because a couple of days in here, we've already seen a bunch of upsets at the World Juniors. Anyone could beat anyone, and Slovakia beat Team USA. That's the first thing. Secondly... Even if they were crap, I want to see him make them better. 
and I want to see him elevate. I don't care how bad they are or how good they are or how average they are. You know what Slavkowski's stats are in the last seven or eight games or whatever it is? You know what it is? It's averaging about under 12 minutes a game, and I think he's gone pointless in the last six. Mm -hmm. I think he's like minus two or minus three overall, and I think he's got three shots in the last six games. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? I mean – He's 18. God love him. I'm not giving up on him. I'm not saying this because no. I want to crap on the kid. No. It's not his fault. Everyone goes through growing pains. It's not easy in the National Hockey League, especially at 18. Going to the World Juniors has never hurt anybody. You go and you try and lead. And you and try you play, and be the best. That's it. You play, you play 20 minutes a game. You play on the power play. You play on the first line. You penalty kill. You do everything when you're there. And I think it would have been a good experience for him. The other thing you were talking about, lack of offense. Nick Suzuki has one goal in the last 10 games. Yeah. And giving him Yol Army and uh, Jonathan Joy and his line mates isn't helping that situation, obviously. No, no so it's it, not. But with Monaghan getting hurt, they want yeah, to knock back yeah. at center. And, and, I, and, I, and I get all that, too. But here's the deal, Stu. Here's the deal. Everyone loves Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves Goffield. Yeah. Suzuki was playing a little bit over his head. Mm-hmm. Caulfield was producing a little bit more than we thought this early on in his career. And the goalies were stealing points. Now that Suzuki has been getting special attention from the other teams and he doesn't have a winger anymore. Now that Caulfield has been getting special attention and he lost his winger too. And now that the goalies look human, the Canadians aren't picking up points anymore. This was, they were, they, they were, they were playing over their heads and, it was the, the balloon was gonna it was gonna pop, man. It well, popped. That's it. The injuries hurt Tony in the NHL season. You know, the first up until Christmas, the first half or almost half of the season. After Christmas, it picks up to another level. After the trade deadline, it picks up to yet another level. In the playoffs, it picks up to yet another level. After that, the Canadians had a great start to the season. Uh, surprised people. Um, I wrote a column a while ago saying they won't make the playoffs because they're not going to win five games in a row. They're not good enough to do that. They hadn't lost more than three games in a row at this point either. But I wrote another column saying, you know, Marty saying we talking about the truth about a week or two ago. And the truth is that they're not that good of a team, right? They had five rookie defensemen. Yeah. Excuse me, in the lineup tonight. The bright side of that is five rookie defensemen got the experience about, about playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning, not worried that they're going to be penalized for every mistake they played. And those guys would have learned a lot tonight playing against that team. How, how you can't give up the puck at the – uh, opposing team's blue line and have them counterattack on you. You can't leave guys behind you. You got to know where Kucherov is on the ice all the time. So there's a lot of lessons they would have learned tonight. And that's what this whole season's about. Yeah. That's for this team learning. And that's why I'm concerned now. Just put Caulfield and Suzuki back together with Doc or whatever you're going to do. Get those guys going again. The other guys aren't, they are who they are, right? They're who they are. You're not going to get a lot of offense out of Jake Evans. You're not going to get offense out of Drawing. You're not going to get offense out of Armia. You're not going to, I mean, there's two guys in this team who have double-digit goals, Suzuki and Caulfield. After that, the next guy is Josh Anderson with eight goals. Yeah. They're, they're getting no offense from the blue line. Um, and now, you know, one of Michel Therrien's lines, you know, you got to score three goals to win a hockey game. Well, they can't yeah. score three goals right now. Um, they've become sort of – it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, everything's been positive, 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 positive up to this point since Marty St. Louis took over, and rightfully so. But as these lose, losses continue and if they continue to – not be able to score goals. I, I wonder what the attitude is going to be from fans, from media, and also in the locker room. 
That's why you know you're saying lose, 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 but you got you gotta you can't you don't want to get one of those eight game losing streaks like they had last season because it just kills morale in the dressing room. The guys start to give up. And I think they have a better chance of winning when they stack their number one line and maybe get a couple of goals here. And then just worry about those guys. Worry about Coffrey and Suzuki moving forward. Don't worry, like Forget about your army. You're stuck with that contract. Mark, Stu, Stu, I'll, I'll worry about their morale later, though. You're worried about their morale going down. I'm thinking about Connor Bedard. Yeah, but Tony, there's no Connor Bedard isn't like in the NHL. We've seen it. We've seen it. Connor McDavid, the Edmonton Oilers aren't in a playoff spot, if I'm not mistaken. They're two of the best players in the NHL. Stu, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna place a bet right now, okay? I'll, and whatever you want, all right? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put down five bucks. I'll put down a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid's gonna win a Stanley Cup in his career. You want to know why I say that? Because ninety five percent of the time, superstars win Stanley Cups in in Edmonton. Yeah, well, I don't know where he's going to win a Stanley that's, Cup. That's what I mean. So there's no there's no you know, Connor Bedard's a hell of a heck of a hockey player, but there's no guarantee he's going to come here and the Canadians are going to be. You you can't let that attitude get into the locker room. I think I spoke about this with you last time, like they had last season with the Canes, where guys don't care anymore. You run our goalie, ah, nobody cares. You lose seven one, nobody cares. Show up at the rink, nobody's happy, nobody cares. You, you can't let that creep into this rebuild. And I don't think... Stu, I, I know there's no guarantees that you draft Connor Bedard, by yeah. the way. I know there's no guarantees yeah. that you win the well, lottery. There's no guarantee even if you do draft him that you're going to win the Stanley Cup with him. No, no, but you do years. realize that if you do win the lottery and you do draft Connor yeah. Bedard, for example, that the rebuild is over. You could now well, you well, can the, the best thing that could happen to the Canes at this point is obviously if they win the lottery and they get Connor Bedard at the draft. 100%. That could happen for the Canes. But... If they finish dead last, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. You could finish dead last and still lose lottery. But the way things are going, as you mentioned, they're going to be bottom six, but they're going to have a good chance at, at winning the lottery one way or the other. Yeah, and hopefully Florida gets even worse and they even end up getting a better pick because well, of Florida's first round. Can you imagine if they ended up getting if Florida wins the lottery and the Canadians have that pick? <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. For Ben Sherratt? That, that, that would be that, that would be that would be amazing. That'd be absolutely amazing. Uh, it is the Sick Podcast, and if you like what you're hearing, message us Sick S I C K, and uh, share it and hit the like button. And if you're going to listen to more on Google, Apple, or Spotify or whatever social media platform you want, uh, then at that point, uh, you know, leave us a five star review. The other uh, thing, Tony just said up that you got to realize too. We're talking about Marty Saint Louis. Nobody hates to lose more than Marty Saint Louis. He understands the situation he's in. Yeah, it's a rebuild. He understands it's all about the future. He understands it's all about developing young players, but he doesn't want to lose. He doesn't want to lose 10 games in a row. And it's interesting to see how he handles this moving forward now if this losing yeah. continues. As I mentioned, two, six, and one in the last nine games, not scoring he, goals. He, he's this, not having fun. Eh, Stu, lately, the camera's no, and he's been, a lot. no, he's not having fun, and it's eating at him a little bit. And as I said, it's been all roses for him since he took over, right? I mean, he couldn't. It couldn't get any worse than what it was at Dominic Ducharme. He came in, turned around the attitude, turned around, made it fun for guys to come to the rink again. And that's when you, you talk about tanking. Tanking isn't fun. I think they've got to they've got to get Suzuki and Caulfield back together with Doc or whatever it takes to get those two guys going again. To me, that should be their focus moving forward. Forget about getting your old army going. Forget about getting Jonathan Drouin going. And and go from there. You know, maybe give give uh, Richard a, b- a better chance. I mean, he was flying out there tonight. He was skating hard. One of the three guys skating hard. They yeah. they just they, they they're stuck with a lot of guys who they are who they are. Jonathan Drouin is who he is. The old army is who he is. Uh, Jay, I love Jake Evans. He's a fourth line center. He's he's been unlucky this year. He hasn't had many goals, but he is who he is. Um, yeah. You know the the Coffee and Suzuki are the future of this team. And you got to make sure, you got to get these guys 
back to where they're producing again. Hey, listen, I'm going to say this, right? When I talk about Connor Bedard and stuff like that, um, I, I'm okay with Slavkowski. I'll support it. But Slavkowski could end up being, he could end up being an average player in the National Hockey League, right? I mean, there's that. Yeah, there's yeah. He, he had, you know, he was not I mean, a I'm, slam I'm, dunk. He was not a slam dunk number one. He's not a generational player. Many people have said that in other draft years, you know, he probably doesn't go top three. He probably doesn't go top five. Okay. I've, I've written it, Tony. I've told you before. I still think in the end, Shane Wright's going to be a better hockey player than Slavkowski. Yeah. So, uh, with that said, I mean, if you can add to this talent, then you understand why. I want the Canadians to be able to to have you know uh, as good a draft pick as possible because this is a look look at uh, Dvorsky Dvorsky tonight score he's he's a good player it looks like he's going to probably go in the top six in the draft as well Leo Carlson he's a good player Matt Mayvichkov is is a really really good player Fantilli's not having the tournament that he would have wanted up until now but based on everything we saw with with him. He's he's a good player, and and there are others too. And you know, when you talked about Slavkovsky, should have been at the World Juniors, and I totally support that. Um, you know, his uh, his buddy Simon Nemich, uh, who was drafted number two overall. I get it; he's a defenseman drafted by the New Jersey Devils. First couple of games in for Slovakia, Slovakia, he's played twenty five and twenty six minutes. Yeah. Twenty five and twenty six minutes. Yeah. I mean, he's. He's playing. All right. We got so much. Well, well, you were saying, though, even even if Salkowski went there and his team isn't that great. Yeah. He's playing 20 minutes a game and he comes back and he scored six goals or whatever. He's going to be confident. He's going to feel confident. Of course. And then you either maybe you do bring him back to Montreal or maybe you send him to Laval. But I think he's at a point now. The kid's at a point now where he's been like trying to learn and trying to adjust to forget English isn't his first language, even though he speaks it very well. He's coming to a new country, smaller rink, quicker game, less time to react. He's got a lot of stuff going on. And now it's at the point where we get to the midway point of the season. It becomes big boy hockey, right, as we move forward from here, and it's tough. And I think it would, the World Juniors would have been a, just get him out of Montreal, send him to the World Juniors where he's in all the groups of guys his own age, go down there and hopefully for him and for the Canes, dominate for his team, play a lot, get his confidence level back, feel good about himself. And then bring him back after if you want. Hey, I don't know if you saw this earlier today, but uh, can we bring something up here? B- big time acquisition. Everyone's waiting for the Canadians to go out <laughs> and uh, and uh, make a trade before the deadline or sign a free agent. Uh, we're not we're not waiting around here. We're not screwing around. When we see talent, we jump on it right away. We welcome to the sick team someone that you know very well, Stu Cowan, a young man by the name of Scott Cowan. Yeah, he lives in my house here. He's actually written for a few hockey websites before. He's got a passion for it. And uh, you guys, thanks to you guys, we're giving him an opportunity to write some stuff for the Sick Podcast. So he's he's really excited about it, and I'm I'm excited to see what he can produce for you guys. Good, good. We can't wait. And uh, hopefully it's good work. And if it's not, it's your fault. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Yol Armia. I don't know where they're going to go from here. I mean, it's he's got time left on his contract. They're trying to get him going. They put him with Caulfield and Suzuki, but it it almost seems like some of these guys that they've been holding on to, and Armia is not going to be the first one to get traded because he's got years left on his contract, and you would think that Drouin, who's in the final year of his contract, you would think he'll be gone. Dadanov's in the final year of his contract. He'll be gone. Um 
Uh, Monahan's in the final year of his contract at one point here. He's going to be gone. So Armia is not going to be the first guy, but it just seems like um, if the value is going up for, let's say the value is going up for a Jake Allen over the past couple of games, if they would want to trade him at some point, the value is not going up for some of these forwards that they have. No. The forwards, I mean, it almost seems like the more opportunity they give them, the more counterproductive it becomes because the more minutes they get, the worse they look. I, I can't imagine another team being interested in Yol Army at that contract. As I said, he's what, he's 26 or 27, I think, now. He's, he's, he is who he is. There was a shift tonight in the third period. Suzuki was breaking up the middle, and Armia threw a bad pass, and it went down the ice. It was icing. You could sort of see Suzuki, who doesn't show emotion a lot on the ice, sort of like, man, what? come on. You know what I mean? It was like yeah, he's, he's frustrated. Suzuki, as I said, Suzuki's got one goal in 10 games, and he's, got, he's playing with a winger who can't give him a pass when he's breaking through the middle. He's like... Come on. That's why, as I said earlier, I think it's important for San Luis to focus. This focus right now should be in getting Caulfield and Suzuki going again. If that means putting Doc back with him, then do it. And let the other line suck because they've sucked as it is anyway. I'm trying to get your number one line to produce and score some goals and get those guys going moving forward because, like, you'll army on that. I mean, Suzuki, the game before Christmas, he plays with Drew and Army. To Drew credit, Drew has been working really hard since he came back from the injuries and working hard. It's just not, it's just not happening for Too him. little, too late. The efforts there is just—it's not happening. Armia, the effort—I mean, finish a check. If you're not scoring any goals, finish a check. That What's what Nick Mazzetta does? Go in the corner, finish a check. You're a big guy. Hit somebody. Do something. Yeah. You know, contribute in some way. He doesn't, and and it's um, you know every coach he's had since he's been in the NHL, I'm sure, has just pulled their hair out watching. I remember watching a practice when Dominic Ducharme was coaching. And he said a lot of the same things that Marty St. Louis said. He's got the talent. He's got the package. He's got everything. And he does when you watch him in practice. And there was a practice where they're working on the power play and they put um, Army on the shooting spot where Caulfield is now. And they obviously wanted him to shoot. The puck came to him two or, two or three times in practice. He passed it. And Deshaun yeah. went over and basically told him, shoot the puck. Yeah. And then the next time it came to him, he shot it. And the next time it came to him, he passed it. And Deshaun just took him off and put somebody else there. It's like, you know, Deshaun did everything he could to try and get him going. Uh, Marty St. Louis, as I said, done everything except steal his equipment and go out and play himself. Where yeah. Army's equipment, so it, it, enough already. Cole Caulfield hasn't scored in three games, and you know what? Here's a guy who's looking for a contract, and um, got one in five through one goal. And, uh, so you know you're gonna he's gonna start to lose patience as well if he hasn't yeah. already because uh, yeah. you know he was so hot and he wants to continue mm-hmm. to be hot. And uh, obviously, you know what he can. If they'd have a pretty good power play, they can score a goal. But, you know, they had one. They were 0 for 5 on the power play tonight, Stu. Yeah. They had one power play. I don't remember which one of the five that it was, but I think Tampa Bay had the puck for like 80% yeah. of it. it. It's embarrassing. And scoring it, chances. It, it's, it's so bad. I mean, it's – I don't know the stats in front of me. Have, I think they have like one power play goal in the last 40 chances or something like that now. It's It's – you know, it, it shouldn't be that bad, right? No power play in the NHL should be that bad. It's they you know they they can't get it over they can't they can't get it in the zone, and then when they do get it in the zone they pass around they don't shoot it. Uh, as you say, the other team gets a, it, it's 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 pathetic is what it is really. Let's put the cards on the table. If the guy in charge of the power play, his name wasn't Burroughs and he wasn't from Paincor, a certain sector of the media would have like chased him out of town already. Well, they're, I mean, they're, they're giving him a pass because he's from here, but I mean, I wrote something I mean, a little while ago saying there's, there's no salary cap on coaching. Yeah. 
like even if they don't want to fire, if you don't want to fire him, bring in somebody. Who, yeah, like I mean, I, I bring in a power play specialist coach to because it's just at this point, it's they. I mean, they have enough guys. That, that, I mean, they don't have that point guy. That's why one of the reasons they brought up Baron is they want somebody who can be on the point and actually be a threat to shoot the puck. Also, yeah, uh, you know, Chris Weidman, great passer. I like Chris Weidman, great guy, great, great passer, but he can't shoot. Doesn't shoot the puck. He's no threat to shoot the puck from the point on the on the power play. That's a problem. Uh, as I mentioned to you, I think before Tony last time, put Jack guy back there. Even at least he can get shots through to the net from the point. But the power play is really—I mean, the two. Is, the number one thing I think they need to do right now is try and get Suzuki and Caulfield going again on the number one line with a good line mate. And the number two thing is they got to get something happening with the power play. I, I, I you know what? I, I like Alex Burroughs. I've always got along with him. But I mean, mm-hmm. this is at the end of the day. I mean. Uh, you know, well, I mean, also, the thing is, you're judged on your productivity and on the results. I mean, the results are terrible. I mean, the members of the media used to give Kirk Muller a, a hard time at some point. I mean, Muller never ran a power play this bad. Never, as, inexperienced, as inexperienced as the Canadians are on the ice, they're even more inexperienced behind the bench. Yeah. I mean, Marty St. Louis, uh, Robida. Uh, these guys have no girls was playing, and then all of a sudden he became an assistant coach in Laval. And then when they fired uh, Ducharme and everything, they brought him. They brought him in, and it's like he's, you know, he wasn't a. He's not. He's not thinking when you think, oh, geez, who would be a good power play coach? Alex Burroughs isn't the guy who sort of jumps into your head right away. Um, and as, again, as I said, if they don't, whatever it is, whatever the relationship is Marty has with him or the Canadians have, and you know, uh, Jeff Molson's eaten a lot of contracts and paid a lot of guys to coach who weren't coaching anymore. I don't know how much that factors in, but there's no salary cap on coaches. So if you don't want to get rid of Burroughs and you think he still brings something, whether the players like him, whether the coaches like him, whether he, he brings other stuff behind the bench. But at this point, you'd probably be doing him a favor if you brought somebody else in. I just, the power play. You know what? I know no one's ever going to want to admit this, too, but I think they're in status quo mode this season. I think you yeah, know, well, you yeah. admit it, but as I mentioned, I mean, you know, Jeff Molson spent, was it three years paying Claude Julien $5 million not to coach? Yeah. He's paying... Dominic Ducharme, one point seven million this year and next year, not to yeah. coach. Uh, he's paid a lot of money to guys not to coach over the last few years, and you wonder if, as an owner, you go, "Okay, enough, you know, enough. We're in a rebuild. We've got the coaching staff that's here." You know, Saint Louis came in; he didn't change any coaching staff. The only change he made was when Luke Richardson left. Yeah, and they had to bring somebody in. They brought in uh, Robita. So it's it's. But the power, I mean, they can't, as I'm you know, talking about having, and, and St. Louis spoke about this. He said one of the things with Suzuki and Caulfield, when the power play is so bad and you lose confidence on the power play, you lose confidence on your regular shift too. You know, it's in the back of your mind. We can't score on the power play. We're struggling. It's it's just a bad feeling all around. So get that number one line going again. Try and get the power play going again. And the rest of it is what it is, right? I mean, it's not Kent Hughes' fault that Yol Army has two more years left on his contract. It's not... Can't use his fault that Jonathan Drew is making five million dollars this year. It's not, you know, the, a lot of the stuff is stuff that's left over from the previous administration here. Uh, they've got to try and work around it, and that's why I asked St. Louis the question after the last game before Christmas there in Dallas if putting Army and Drew on the number one line was because they're trying to showcase them so they can try and trade them. But at this point, you're not going to get much of anything for either of those guys. And as you say, the more you play them, the, the more their value seems to drop. Um, what did you think of Justin Barron tonight? Uh, 15 minutes and 37 seconds. Um, shot on goal, minus one. 
He, he looked a little nervous, which is understandable. Yeah. You get called up from the NHL. You're playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're on the road. It's just after Christmas, like a lot of stuff going on, right? You probably went home for Christmas. You come back, end up, you're back in the NHL. He said he found out on Christmas Eve. Um, he looked okay. I mean, watching him in training camp, he looked sort of timid. He wasn't physical enough for a big guy. He's got to be a lot more physical defensively. He's got to be a lot more decisive. He's got to play a lot more like Arbor Jackeye. He's more talented than Arbor Jackeye. Obviously, he was a first-round draft pick. He's got to play more like him. He's got to play with more, a little bit of an edge, be a little more physical. When he makes a decision, make your decision and go. Uh, don't be so hesitant. Tonight he looked a little hesitant, but I'll chalk a lot of that up. To, you imagine how nervous he must have been uh, coming up. You know, he expected to make the team out of training camp. The Canadians expected him to make the team, I'm sure. They gave him every opportunity to make the team. He played in almost every preseason game, but he just didn't. he just didn't – he wasn't aggressive enough. Like he wasn't – he didn't make himself noticeable enough. He's a big guy. He was guy. soft. He was he, soft. Yeah, he was soft. Yeah, he was. He didn't use yeah. his side. He was. He played soft. And Arbor Jackai didn't play soft. Correct. And Kovacevic didn't play soft. And uh, that's why that's why those guys made the team, and he didn't. He needs an X factor, <laughs> Stu. I'm not yeah. so sure he has one. You know, like he does a lot of things good. But you just talked about Jackai. Like Jackai can hit, and he can drop the gloves. So he does that very good. Kovacevic maybe isn't very good in any category either and probably doesn't have an X factor, but then you put him up next to Baron. He's bigger than him. He's stronger than him. He hits harder than him. And he makes so, decisions quick and he's smart yeah, on the ice too. It's just a little bit of an upgrade. So it, it made it really tough for him. It made it tough. Well, for it, was, him. it must have been a tough decision too for the Canes not to have Baron start the season because he's the guy they gave up Lekin and they got him, right? So it's Kent Hughes' trade. So it says a lot about the management team that they were willing to say, here's a guy we you know, traded Arturi Lekin. This is a guy we got, former first round pick, played five games like it was last season with the Canes before he hurt his ankle. And he just wasn't good enough at training camp. He just didn't. I think the Canadians expected him to make the team out of training camp. And I think maybe he did too. And maybe that played into why he wasn't more aggressive. But one of the things with Yol Army, I've written this a few times, Yol Army plays like a big, nice guy, right? Doesn't really hit anybody. He doesn't just skates around as a big, nice guy. And we saw a little bit of that of Baron at training camp. He's got to be, he's got to have a little bit more of an edge to him uh, at the NHL level. And I think, and you hope that by being sent down to Laval, he got that message. Uh, the interview he did in Tampa, it sounded like he did. Again, tonight he looked, he looked uh, nervous, but that's totally understandable for a guy playing his first game, getting called up after being, I'm sure he was shocked when he got sent down to the AHL. He didn't expect it. Yeah. Um, he seems to have handled it well going down there. He played well. He handled it a lot better than Ryan Paling did when he first got sent down to uh, Laval. So let's give him a few games and, and see how he does. But I, th I think he got the message from listening to what he his interview uh, from Tampa the other day. I think he got the message that the games made clear to him why he didn't make the team, what they need to see more out of him, and he's got to be less soft. He's got to play a more aggressive style. He's got to, as I said, he's got to play a little bit more like Arbor Jacka. Agnello, if you can, back at Master Control here, why don't you bring up the lines uh, in tonight's game, Canadians and the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, Canadians with Suzuki in between Army on his right and Caulfield on his left. Doc at the center ice position with Hoffman on his right and Drouin on his left. Dvorak with Anderson on his right. Slavkowski on his left. Evans with Richard on his right. And Pazetta on his left. Edmondson, Gouley, Jacki, Kovacevic, Harris, and Barron. And uh, Jake Allen in goal for Tampa Bay. Do we have the lightning? We do. These guys are the best. Uh, thank God I'm wearing my glasses. Braden Point with Kucherov on his right and Brandon Hagel on his left. Nick Paul with uh, Ross Colton on his right and Steven Stamkos on his left. Anthony Sorelli 
It's actually Cirelli, but they say Sorelli. But anyway, with Pat Maroon on his right and Alex Kaloran on his left and Pierre-Edouard Belmar centering Corey Perry and Vladislav Nemesnikov. On defense, Hedman, Bogosian, Sergachev, Pervix, Ian Cole, and Eric Cernak and Andre Vasilevsky in goal. Speaking of Corey Perry and uh, and uh, Michael Pizzetta, what did you think? Uh, Perry wasn't happy, huh? No, he wasn't. Uh, Pizzetta caught him sort of behind. It was a clean hit. There was no penalty on it, but Perry didn't like it and gave him the stick right where the sun doesn't shine, which is one of Corey Perry's yeah. well-known moves. And then uh, gave him the first. I mean, remember when I was a kid and my dad told me, if you're getting a fight, make sure you get in the first punch. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Corey Perry's dad told him the same thing because yeah. – uh, when it started, he threw the first punch, and then Pizzetta went at him. But um, uh, that's Corey Perry being Corey Perry. You know, yeah. That's, that's he was, he was being Corey Perry tonight. You see the way he crashed the net? Like, you wanted to put the puck and Jake That's Gallagher. why everybody hates Corey Perry when he's not on your team. And as Montreal Canadiens fans learned, they love him when he is on your team. All right. Okay. Uh, what do you think tomorrow night? Canadians in Florida tomorrow. Back-to-backs are always tough. It's too and, bad somebody's got to win that game, considering yeah. what's going on with the Florida Panthers traffic. Back-to-backs are always tough. The Canadians are on the road. It's been a long – I'm not on the – Pat Hickey's on this road trip. I'm going to Washington for the game on New Year's Eve and then Nashville January 3rd. You know, the Bell Center, they rented out over the December. Uh, team's on the road almost all the time, the whole month of, of December. It's not easy. It's not easy when they're a good team. It's not easy when they're even harder when they're a rebuilding team. It's going to be tough for the Canadians tomorrow night. I mean, uh, not a gambling guy, but if I was, I mean – I, it's going to be tough for the Canes playing against the Panthers on a back-to-back right after Christmas. I mean, they flew home Christmas Eve. They would have arrived that I think they landed in Montreal on 3 a.m. on Christmas Eve. And guys were like, I saw Suzuki was with his parents. He went there. The other guys are going wherever and like a day and a half or whatever, and then back on a plane and then back to Florida. I'm sure guys are exhausted. Um, it, it's not easy. I mean, the, the Canes choose this schedule because they want – to make money from other events at the Bell Center every December. And it doesn't help the hockey team, that's for sure. It puts more money in uh, uh, Group Sayash pockets, but it's not a good thing for the hockey team. This is a real tough stretch to be away from home, come back for that little brief spell at Christmas. I mean, I was listening, watching the game tonight on TV, and they're saying, yeah, it was the first game the Lightning have played since December 21st. They had like a week off, and they're still going to be home through New Year's. You know, the Canes are in Washington on New Year's. It's an afternoon game. Then they fly yeah. to the, the Nashville. They play in Nashville on January 3rd. They're not back. So they're home most of the month of January. Mm-hmm. But when it's a, if this was a good team right now in a playoff push, that schedule can kill you, man. And, you know, if, that, if you really bomb in December, you come back, you have all these games in January at home, sometimes it's too late. Um, so moving forward, you wonder what the – I'm sure it won't change because they want all those Christmas yeah. events at the Bell Center. But it definitely does not help the Canadians the way they said. It's their choice to have that schedule. You know, it's funny. You said something before where you said, and during the games that they've lost here over the last little while, the Canadians aren't all that exciting anymore. Marty St. Louis is still the same coach. Mm-hmm. He's still teaching the same concepts. Mm-hmm. This is when we talk about confidence. This is what it does, right? When. Yeah. When yeah, your guys, confidence, yeah. When your confidence is up, you win a game, you score a goal, all of a sudden, you know what? Your plays are working when you're not winning a game and then all of a sudden you don't score a goal and then you lose a second game and you don't score for a second game in a row or then you don't score for a third game in a row. All, all of a sudden you're, you're trying to move that used to work. Now it's not working anymore. 
because you're probably just you're overthinking. You're probably gripping the stick a little bit too much. Confidence is such a big thing, man. And when you have confidence, you can end up playing like an exciting team. And when you don't have yeah. it, your plays don't work. And all of a sudden, you're not that exciting anymore. When I saw that pass, that bad pass, Army gave to Suzuki that went for icing, and I saw Suzuki sort of do this, I was like, that's not good because that's not Nick Suzuki. That's not his style. He's not for him to be that that much body language, that frustration. Um, that's not a good thing. I said he's got one goal in 10 games. And he's playing with a winger who's having a hard time just getting in the puck. And then Yul Army has zero confidence right now. I mean, there's nothing. It might be negative 10, his confidence level right now. He's got nothing. He's, he's, he's just skating out there. And it looks like he doesn't know what's happening in either end of the ice. Um, it's, it's, it's actually, it's become, it's become real painful to watch. Really. It has, it's, 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 as a part of me, like it's, it's, there's just nothing's happening for this guy. Nothing. Nothing's happening for him. And, uh, you know, you talked about Slavkovsky before, and I hate to come back to him, but nothing's happening for him no. as well. I mean, tonight his game is like five hits, and all of a sudden now he's he's kind of like in, instead of scoring goals and instead of picking up points and making assists and stuff like that, he feels like he has to do something. So now he's hitting, which, you know, that's that's what we want Yol Armia to do yeah. if he's not scoring goals. But I'm not so sure that's what I want Slavkovsky to do. At 18, going out of his way to hit guys and stuff like that. I mean, I just, I, I'd rather him be in an offensive role. So my question to you is, even that, though he hasn't produced, would you put him on that number one line with Suzuki and Caulfield? But I like the sign that he's hitting guys. It shows he's frustrated and he's like, I'm going to contribute something. I wish you alarm me. I, I don't know, four times and I watched you alarm me. had a chance to really finish a check hard and nothing. You know, then Mike Pizzetta goes in and he finishes a check. I can't remember which defenseman he was. He knocked on his butt at one point, had to hit on Corey Perry. At this point, I'd rather they try Slavkowski on the number one line than Armia. You know, when I remember the day you were there, Tony, the day before the draft, and I asked uh, Slavkowski, why do you think the Canadians should draft you? And he said, because I can play with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. We can score lots of goals together. So I'd rather see them play him there then play your old army there. Because if that could be something in the future and you're talking about a confidence, that would give the kids some confidence to have them play with those two guys. I, I would – like, you didn't send them to the World Juniors. Okay. At this point now, things are – you know, it's obvious this team isn't going to make the playoffs. I think it's been obvious since the start of the season, but it's really obvious now. Put them with them. Why not? I would do it. Why not? It might, you know, see, give the kid a chance, at least for a couple of games, and, and see what happens. I think he deserves a chance there more than your old army does. Josh Anderson, when you said before on Yul Armia, he is who he is, Josh Anderson is who he is too. And he's mm -hmm. got five years left on his deal at five and a half million dollars. And, you know, at one point, Armia is not going to be here anymore. And we're going to stop talking about him. And then we're going to start talking about Josh Anderson. Because Josh Anderson, albeit a little bit better, he's like Yul Armia 2.0. Josh Anderson sort of a old school hockey, like up and down the wing, hard, go hard to the net. Um, I think he struggles a bit and with the concepts that Marty St. Louis wants him to play. Like he's more of just like up and down my wing as hard as I can. I cut to the net. And I think he's maybe struggling a bit, trying to play the game that Marty St. Louis wants him to play. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a really good fit with the style of hockey Marty St. Louis wants to play. 
Kirby Doc is, right? Kirby Doc, you see yes. when he plays with Suzuki and Caulfield, he's got a real good hockey IQ. He comes over to blue line, he has options. He'll cut one way, he'll cut the other way, he'll slow down, he'll speed up. Josh Anderson, it's he knows one way to play the game. You know, what you, just, you know what you just said, right? Without saying it, you know what you just said? If you're an east-west hockey player, you can fit into Marty St. Louis style yeah. of play. But if all you know is north-south, it's... Um, but I, I think we're talking about trades. I think there's other teams in the NHL that would have a lot of interest in Josh Anderson because of the way he plays and because of the way he's he's a guy and he plays more of a playoff style of, you know, a, a Sutter style yeah. of hockey. He, so I think there would be interest in him uh, if the Canes are looking to move him. I wouldn't and be then, afraid to trade him, by the way. You know, sometimes yeah. you're afraid because you think yeah. guys will come back to haunt you. Yeah. He is who he is, and because of that, and everyone knows it, I wouldn't be afraid to trade him. because No, and he might goals. he might go somewhere else and, and score 25 goals or something for another team playing a different type of style of hockey than Marty St. Louis wants them to play. But I just think Marty St. Louis' style of hockey, the concepts he has is more difficult for Josh Anderson. And also Brendan Gallagher, same type of thing. Brendan Gallagher, that same style, you know, go to the net, go hard to the net. And Marty St. Louis talked about, you know, trying to get them to play a different way. And both of those guys have talked about trying to learn to play the way Marty St. Louis uh, wants them to play. But I think it's easier to teach younger guys yeah. to play that system. You know, the old line, you can't teach yeah. an old dog new tricks. I think it's easier to bring in a young guy like Kirby Doc, who struggled in Chicago. He's about 21 or 22 years old coming in. I think he's more, the younger guys will are, are, are more, I don't even say willing, more able to learn the way Marty St. Louis wants his team to play. And you have, you also have to have a high hockey, hockey IQ to play the style that uh, he wants to play. Stu, thanks so much for doing this, man. Enjoy the Canadians in Florida tomorrow night versus the Panthers. Uh, I know you're not going to be working that one. You're in Washington and you're waiting yeah. for the Canadians to play the Washington Capitals on New Year's Eve. So very unfortunately, Stu, when the new year kicks in, you're going to be in Washington. I am. Actually, I'm covering – it's an afternoon game in Washington. I think it's 4 o'clock start, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And then I will be spending New Year's Eve in Washington, and then I have a flight to Nashville uh, on the morning of New Year's Day, and then they play there on the 3rd, and then I'm back home for a while. It's too bad you weren't able to bring the uh, the family on the road with you in Washington. That would have been nice. Yeah, it would have been. No, they're like, they're happy to be staying home and just relaxing, and we got the new dog too, so they're yeah. uh, taking care of the new dog. So it's uh, – It'd be a nice trip. I mean, Nashville is my favorite city in the NHL to go to. I absolutely love it. I'm a country yeah. music fan also. And Washington's always a nice city to visit. The weather's supposed to be nice, so it'll be a it'll be a nice break and hang out with all my buddies from RDS and the Journal de Montreal and TVS Sports on New Year's. Yeah, pretty cool. Hey, Stu, thanks for all your contributions over the last couple of years here at the Sick Podcast. I wish you a lot of health and happiness uh, and peace, my friend, in 2023. You be well. Same to you, Tony, and everybody there at the podcast. Thank you very much. All right, there you have it, Stu Cowan. All right, I want to tackle this, all right? Mike L., Mike L., uh, says to me, he says, uh, I got to find this. I got to find this because, Tony, the reality is that the Habs need to find good players outside the top 10. The chances are the Habs won't have a top 10 pick this year. So, again, stop with the Bedard pipe dream. Oh, really, eh? So, hold on a second. Explain it to me why they're not going to have a top 10 pick this year. Can you explain it to me? Because I know this, that if I look at the standings right now, the Montreal Canadiens are 26th out of 32 teams. They have four points more than Arizona, who's got two games in hand. They got four points more than Philadelphia. They got five points more than San Jose. And okay, 
pardon me, they have 11 points more than Columbus, who has two games in hand. Chances are the Canadians are not going to finish bottom three. I get that. But they're 26th out of 32 right now. And the way they're going, you're trying to tell me that they can't finish fourth last or they can't finish fifth last? Is that what you're telling me? Because I'm going to tell you right now is that this is going to get worse this season before it gets better. The injuries have really hurt the Canadians because when you have injuries, you need depth. They don't have depth, number one, to the point where they don't have depth that if they took the center who they ended up putting on the wing and took him away from the wing. Now they're really, that's, that's doc, right? So they had to put him at center and it's hurting. There's going to be players that are going to be moved between now and the deadline. The Canadians are going to move three, four players the way they did a year ago. And when the Canadians start losing more and more games, the players are going to put their head down like they did a year ago. And they're going to, some games are going to be over before they even start like it happened a year ago. Mike, I don't I, I don't get, with all due respect, your message that Bedard is a pipe dream and that the Canadians have no chance of finishing in the bottom 10. They're 26 out of 32. And they're five points up on San Jose, who's fourth last. Five. They're going to be in Florida tomorrow night. They're going to be in Washington on Saturday afternoon. That'll be their third game in three and a half days. Then from there, they go to Nashville a couple of days after New Year's. And then they come back to host the New York Rangers. And you say it's impossible that the Canadians finish in the bottom 10? Oh, no, it's very possible. It's very possible. MatrixHomeFitness.ca. Spoke with Greg earlier today of Matrix Home Fitness. Bring it home. Discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit MatrixHomeFitness.ca. Now with the Montreal Canadiens with some of the players that are lined up due to injury, you can bet that they probably have Matrix Fitness equipment at their home and they're keeping in shape before they make it back to the lineup. It's now time for You Called. Let's go. You Called. You called. Presented by Playground by Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. I actually drove by Playground earlier today because I, uh, uh, I took a little day trip to Plattsburgh this afternoon, so I made my way past Playground and, uh, yeah, spent the afternoon in Plattsburgh, and it was kind of cool. And you know what was the coolest thing? Um, getting stopped at TJ Maxx, getting stopped at Target, getting stopped at Walmart and getting stopped at a fast food restaurant from people who say, Hey, I watch you on the sick podcast that happened in four different places today. Kind of makes you feel good. Kind of cool. One triple eight, five, eight, five, seven, four, two, five is the number to call. Habs fans, I want to hear. I want to hear from all of you who are saying, "Oh, Tony, please stop with the tank. The Canadians are going to make the playoffs this year." Papi, papa, papi, papa. You know, Denny Kader actually told me yesterday on BPM Sports ninety-one point nine FM, Quebec's premier number one all sports radio station. They have been since May twenty-eighth. Anyway, Denny Kader yesterday told me. 
that the Canadians are going to make the playoffs. I said, Denny, I had a who. Who are they catching? And I said, if you think they're making the playoffs, the second half of the season starts now. It doesn't start in 2023. It starts now. Tampa Bay's ahead of you. You've got to beat them. Florida's ahead of you. you got to beat them. Washington's ahead of you. you got to beat them. Next week, you play the Rangers. They're ahead of you. you got to beat them. Not happening. Forget about it. Not making the playoffs. For all of you who said, yeah, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs, this, that, what? He's great. He's great. He's fantastic. Everyone's great. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. For what? That The worst thing that could happen to these guys is that the, you know, you all hold on to this, this, the whole thing that they're going to make the playoffs and they end up finishing 18th, 19th, and they're out of the top 10. You want to be in the top five. That's where you want to be. And in an ideal situation, you want to have two picks theirs and Florida's in the top five. And man, could you imagine one and two? You imagine that's not impossible, folks. It's not impossible. I think there's more of a chance. I really believe there's more of a chance that the Canadians end up being closer to the bottom than being closer to a playoff spot. Even though, you know, like I said, chances are they're not going to be as bad as Chicago, who's 13 points less than the Canadians. Mind you, the Blackhawks have two games in hand. You know, imagine they win them. All of a sudden, it's a nine-point difference. Four wins here, four losses there. Never know. I'd like to hear from you. I'd really like to hear from you. one 585 sick one 585 It looks like we have a call. Andrew. Andrew, you there? Hello, Tony. Yes, Andrew, how are you? Not too bad. How are you? Very good. Are you uh, Center Heiss on YouTube Live? I sure am. I wow. am. And I want to thank you for that uh, contest where I won the uh, wrestling tickets. I want to thank you a lot for that. Ah, you're very, very welcome. I hope you enjoyed the show. If all goes well, we'll be able to do it again in the next month or so because the WWE is coming back to Montreal for two shows. Did you know that? That sounds great. Yeah, they're coming back for two shows. Yeah. Wow. What do yeah. you want to talk about, my man? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for bringing Knuckles on because I loved watching you guys for years. Yeah, I'm a huge yeah. uh, Knuckles fan, and uh, I think the world of what you guys did on radio. So that's it. That's the first thing. I've been following you for a long time. We're uh, really appreciate we're, what you do. We're very proud of what we were able to do on radio on time slots that weren't easy, one being a 10 a.m. slot, another one being a 1 p.m. slot. So we're pretty happy with what we were able to do. And uh, I think we, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think we did pretty well. I think you did great. And uh, for this, this year, I think uh, you're totally right, Tony. Uh, we got to just focus on, you know, letting the, the kids get some ice time. Uh, Suzuki was in way over his head. No doubt about it. And I think, you know, it's going to get a lot worse. It's going to get a lot worse. Uh, I think uh, we, we've got a good shot at getting Bedard. No doubt in my mind. Well, look, we don't have the best shot at getting Bedard. And I understand why people are a little bit skeptical because the Canadians got the first pick last year. And you're wondering, yeah. geez, what's the chance of them getting the first pick two years in a row and all that stuff? And 
look, it's it's well, they don't have the best shot Florida, at getting Bedard because if Florida can if Florida can uh, uh, keep keep sinking as well, we'll have two cracks at it. That would be nice. That would that definitely is going to be nice. Hey, by the way, where do you live exactly? I'm in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. One triple eight five eight five six. One triple eight five eight five. Seven four two five. We open up the phone lines. Alexander's in Montreal. Alexander, what's going on? Good. How about you, Tony? I'm very good, thank you. Very, very good. Yeah. So I just have a few questions. Uh, actually, I know you touched a bit on it uh, that we have a tough schedule ahead of us. Yeah. What about Florida? Um, on a lot of websites, if you take a look at, they have they're among like top few worst schedule ahead of them, uh, and there's a possibility of us having maybe potentially two first round pick in the top 10 and with yeah. the odds of the lottery how would you see Batman allowing let's say hypothetically speaking us having two picks in the top five or even two picks in the top three because if you look at the odds everything can happen right and us having won the last first overall pick last year with uh, Safkowski how likely is that possible how do you think would, would he allow it well, I mean, would he allow it? I mean, is it not done through a uh, through a lot through a lottery? And uh, what, what are we doing? We we we're rigging the draft here, or what? What's the story here? Well, well, we never know what's going on behind doors with uh, Batman and uh, <laughs> the disdain he has towards Canadian teams. So, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. That's Let me ask you a question. In 2010, who got the number one pick overall in the draft? 2010. Yeah, yeah. Go back to your papers. Yeah. Was it Taylor Hall? Taylor Hall? Yeah. Yes, or? it was. Yes. Who got him? Yeah. Oilers. Which team? Oilers. Yeah. In 2011, who got the first pick overall in the draft? Oilers again. <laughs> Ryan Nugent Hopkins. In 2012, who got the first pick in the draft? Yeah, Salfa Nail. Uh, we all remember that. Nail Yakupov. Okay, so if the Edmonton Oilers. Between 2010 and 2012, three years in a row, land the first pick overall in the draft. And the rules have changed, by the way, since then, because I believe you cannot do it more than twice now. If memory serves me well, in one of the one of the rule changes. Why can't the Canadians have the first pick overall two years in a row? Why not? Well, that's a fair point, man. You got it. Yeah. Thanks for calling, man. I'm all for fair points. Thanks. All right, Alexander in Montreal sounds like a good guy to me. He was—I don't know what he was eating. He was eating, you know, and stuff like that. But uh, I'm not eating at eleven o'clock at night. I'm just not doing that. I'm not doing that. It's not happening anymore. You know, I'm doing my intermittent fasting. I eat between one p.m. and seven p.m. After seven p.m., I don't eat anymore. John is in Washington. John, what's going on? Hey, Tony. Tony. Hey, John. Doing all right. I'm doing all right. Good. You, you sound great, Tony. We're having a lot of fun watching your podcast down here. Yeah, yeah. Who, 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 who? Yeah, yeah. Who, me who? and the kids. Me and the kids. Oh, you and the kids. They okay. don't know. Who, they don't know who the hell you are, Tony. But I tell them. I tell them he's he's, he's great to listen to. It's a lot of fun. All right. Okay. So, uh, right now. how did you start listening to the sick podcast here? Uh, you know, I was listening to you on the radio. Yeah. I'm back at work. Yeah. BC. Yeah, and then when you know you left, you left that position. Yeah, started, I found you on the podcast. 
Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. You want to give me your opinion yeah, on yeah. Uh, how the status is of that uh, radio well, right well, now? I, I got to tell you, you know, you know, I'm like everyone else. You get you get excited with the wins. You get excited with the wins. But the, no, no, the no, no, never mind the wins. Yeah. Never mind the wins. I want to talk about the radio. Like, uh, you still listen or? Uh... No, I don't. No, to be no. honest, I don't. Yeah, me neither. No, I don't. Yeah, no, me neither. I, it's it just that you know, it's just it's not the same, and I don't I don't listen. That's okay, because now I can listen to you anytime I want. That's it, right? Yeah, that's so, it. I mean, it's a win for me. It's a win. Yeah. So, thank you. I, I appreciate the support, by the way. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Sound like a good guy yeah. to me. How old are your kids exactly? How old are your kids? Uh, sixteen and and thirteen. Sixteen and thirteen. Well, uh, you yeah. ever come? You're planning on coming to Montreal or what? Yeah, I still have a lot of family in Montreal. Oh, you do? Well, the next time you come to Montreal, you let me know. All right? You let me know. Okay. Because, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I'll go out uh, go out for lunch with you and the kids. Oh, that'd be great. Ah, why not? That'd be great. Why not? Yeah, 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 she, yeah my, my daughter's thinking about going to, uh, to school up there, university. So. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, so you could you could pick a great place. Yeah. And uh, you know, maybe it'll help convince her to uh, to go up there. I told her it's too cold. Yeah, you know, she she wants to go. It, up there. It's cold. I mean, but uh, you know, it actually will it will help her studies because she's not going to go out. She's actually going to stay inside and do homework. Exactly. That, you that's, you know, that's right. one yeah. benefit. Yeah, and if she's going to go to university, and hopefully my boys go too, and uh, they can always, uh, re- you know, uh, you know. They could always. I don't know uh, about that, Tony. You know, I, you know, still. No, no. What I'm, what I'm saying is, they, they need help with their schoolwork and stuff like that. So she's good in school and stuff like that. Maybe she can help tutor them or something. Oh, oh yeah, she's great. She's yeah, a great student, maybe great. even write an exam for them. That would be nice. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. All right, okay. What's on your mind, yeah. my man? What's on your mind? Well, I, I heard you and Stu talking about uh, Slavkovsky, and you know, you guys were were being really, really generous and nice. And I know you don't want to. You don't want to crap on the guy. He's 18, and I love him. I think he. I think he could be an absolute superstar in the city. Yeah. Based on his personality, you know, his looks, everything. But you know, there's something that just drives me crazy. And this one hand on the stick business. You know, don't they? They watched film, right? Was he doing this? Yeah. Back home, because real yeah. one hand on the stick. I mean, everyone must look at that, and it is just so easy. But, John, here's the deal. How strong it's, you are. It's a habit, John. It's a habit that he had. It's driving me crazy. But, John, it's a habit that he had. He was bigger and stronger than anyone else that he played with, pretty much. He was always bigger. He was always stronger. He could use one hand on the stick. He can get away with it. He's now playing in the league. That's the best league in the world with men some of which who are as big as him, some of which who are as strong as him, some of which who are bigger, some of which who are stronger. All of them pretty much have more experience than him. And this is a, it's a bad habit, and he's going to have to break it. Look, you know, you said I was, I was nice. I mean, this is, he's doing better in his rookie season at 18 than a lot of players have, players who went on to have great careers. You know that Joe Thornton in his rookie season at 18 years old picked up seven points. You realize that, eh? Seven points in 55 games. 
Slavkovsky is a better 18-year-old or a more productive 18-year-old than Joe Thornton was. If Slavkovsky ends up being Joe Thornton, I'm a pretty happy guy because Joe Thornton had multiple seasons of 100 points and was a number one centerman in the National Hockey League for 15 years. I agree. And I really, I really like Slavkovsky and I want to see him do well. But I'm just surprised that a habit like that is 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 so ingrained in him. I mean, he's he does it constantly. It doesn't. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. You know what? I go back. I listen to some of my shows. I watch some of my shows. There's certain things. Sometimes I pause. Sometimes I say. Um. Sometimes I say. Uh. Uh. You know, some words over and over and over again, like stuff like that. Stuff like I'll, I'll say that. Whatever. And I keep on saying to myself, okay, I'm going to break that habit. I'm going to change it. And but. It's easier said than done. It's the same thing. I understand one's hockey and one's radio or one's hockey and one's podcasting. It's the same thing. It's 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 an it's an habit. It's a habit, and some habits are hard to break. That's it. That's all. It's gonna be okay. He's 18 years old. He's playing in the National Hockey League. Well, the day that I I was uh, I don't know what I was doing. The the day that he he holds that stick with two hands, I'll feel really really comfortable. Because, uh, you know, you need two hands on your stick. Yeah. You know? Now, I, Alfie I mean, Vegas I mean, says Tony Slavkovsky. I love the guy. I really. Yeah. It's just, it's just a habit that drives me crazy, but I love him. I want to see him do well. He's going to be a mega star. Yeah. In the city, you know? Yeah. And uh, now Alfie, Vegas, all. trying to, Alfie Vegas trying to tell me I, that they play different positions. Alfie Vega, I know that they play different positions. And Slavkovsky plays as a winger and Joe Thornton plays as a centerman. I was just talking about two 18-year-old players, rookies at 18, and how much one produced as an 18-year-old, how much the other one has produced so far, and the fact that one of them ended up having a great career in the National Hockey League as a number one centerman for 15 years. It was just an example of how hard it is to pick up points as an 18-year-old in the National Hockey League. John, the next time you come to Montreal, All right. I'm taking you hey. out for lunch, you and the kids. All right, thank you. Take care, the- and congratulations. Yeah. It was great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All the best to you in the new year. All right. One more call I've been told from the guy who's the real boss of this podcast, Sammy Cavallaro. Where are we going, Sammy? Joel from RDP. Yes. Joel, what's going on? Hey, Tony. How you doing? I'm doing extremely well. Extremely well. My nephew, by the way, has been seeing a young lady from RDP as of late. As a matter of fact, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. So we have a little bit of RDP in the family right now. Like I like, like one foot in the door. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. We got yeah, some RDPs. Well, I also want to give a shout out to Agnello and Sammy. They're doing a really good job. You know, I just uh, want to say hi to them too. Agnello and Sammy, uh, fantastic job. Fantastic job. I'm actually going to, I'm going to the casual, I'm going to the cash restaurant with them tomorrow for lunch. Nice, nice. Yeah, what are you doing? You want to join us, sir? For sure, for sure. I just want to talk about, uh, I'm really happy with uh, the way things are going that the, they're yeah. tanking organically, like you say, because uh, they, they need to think about the future because this year they're really not going anywhere. That's the first thing I want to say. And one, one Hold more. on a second. I just want to elaborate on what you said because you said something very interesting when you said tanking organically. Even though we've said for the longest time that players don't tank and they don't, okay, I need you to think about this, for example, all right? They had a line that was doing really, really well. Suzuki, Caulfield, and Kirby Doc, right? And ever since they broke them up, Suzuki and Caulfield aren't producing anymore, right? 
So what can yeah. you do? You can put Doc back on that line, correct? They have yeah. it. That could be an organic tank. You understand? That could be saying, okay, you know what? Uh, stuff's not working here. We got to fix that line to win hockey. They're not fixing the line. They have a chance to fix the power play. They can make a change on the power play. They're not fixing the power play. So they have a chance to maybe bring some guys back from injury and stuff like that, bring them back a little bit sooner. They're not. These are things that you kind of do or don't do when you realize, you know what? Not winning this year is not the end of the world. You're in a rebuild. And so sometimes you take certain decisions and sometimes you don't take certain decisions. This is called an organic tank. This is a rebuild. This is what it is. Yes, it's exactly what I was thinking. They're doing it the correct way. Yeah. So the way that they should do it. not that Because the, the players will always play to win. We know that. You know, they'll always do that. So it's the right way to do it. One more thing I want to speak about is uh, Slavkovsky. Yeah, tell me. I, I, think they're ma- I think they're making a mistake with him, Tony. I understand that he, some people think he should be in the NHL. But from what I see, if he's going to play nine minutes in the NHL, it's better if he goes to Laval. He plays the power play, the top lines. But, but Joel, hold on, hold on a second, though. He's, he's, he's not playing nine minutes, all right? Tonight, I think he played 14 and a half. And I think in the last seven or eight, he's averaged about 12, 12 and a half minutes. So he's not. Having said that, I agree with you. And I said this before, and I'll give you an opportunity to, 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 to weigh in again here. But I've said this before. Yeah. I would have sent him to the World Juniors. And after the World Juniors, and I don't care how good or not he would have done at the World Juniors, I would have sent him to Laval. And then you want to know when I would have called him back up in the last four or five games of the regular season because it would have been my message to him would have been, would have been, you're right, you're back in the National Hockey League now, you're finishing the year in the National Hockey League, get ready in the offseason because next year this is where you're going to be. Where you're finishing is where you're going to start next year. You're starting back in the National Hockey League and you'll be there. I would have sent him to the World Juniors. I would have sent him to Laval. And I would have brought him back to play the last handful of games in the National Hockey League in the month of April. That's what I would have done with him. I agree with you. I think they made a mistake. Exactly. What do you, what do you, what do you think we're, trying, we're showing to him? We're showing to him that it's all right to be, to, to be mediocre, you know, which is not the, the, the sign that you want to give for a young player like that. I you think they have him here for two reasons. Or three. Number one, <clears throat> I think they probably believe that the better development right now is being done at the National Hockey League system with Marty St. Louis and, and, and you know, just working with him and some of the, I think they believe the better development is being done at the National Hockey League. Number two, I think they're probably worried that sending him down might negatively affect his confidence. And number three, and I, I know some people probably don't believe this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Number three, I think they're worried that if they send them to Laval, members of the media and or the fans will say, they got it wrong, they got it wrong. You see they got it wrong, you see they got it wrong? And they probably don't want that kind of conversation happening. Those are the reasons I believe he's here. I believe that this is probably the first mistake, and it doesn't mean I'm right because... In time here, I could be proven wrong. He might explode over the next couple of weeks. But right now, I feel comfortable in saying that I believe that this is probably the first mistake that the duo of Gordon and Hughes has made, or at least 
The first thing that I really, really don't agree with, I think they're getting it wrong. I think they're getting it wrong with Slavkovsky. Especially that world championship, because he, a young guy like that, he needed that experience. Listen, so, the world juniors, what's the, what's the worst that can happen? He goes there and he doesn't perform. Well, he's here, he's not performing. What's the difference? Like, what's the worst exactly. that could have happened? That's exactly. He's not, they wouldn't have, he wouldn't have lost anything, but he would have gained the experience, which is something that only comes sometimes only once in your life that you can do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you listen, you and I, we agree. Now, can we bring in, uh, we can bring in Agnello here, but uh, hold on a second. I'll probably bring in Agnello when we go. But uh, <clears throat> Joe, if you want, Joe from RDP, if you're not doing anything tomorrow, you're invited to lunch. I just have to find out where we're going. Thanks so much for calling. I appreciate it. Listen into oh, the program here because I'm going to talk about where we're going tomorrow. Okay, sounds good, Tony. Okay, thank you. Joe from RDP. All right. Agnello. Now I can get to Agnello and Sammy. Not so sure I could have got to them before. Agnello and Sammy, are you there? Where are we going tomorrow? Casual sport to carry. La cage de carry? Yep. At what time we're going to be there at exactly? 12 o'clock sharp. 12 o'clock sharp? Yep. If Joe from RDP is there, we can uh, buy him a burger or buy him a sangria? Lunch is on us. Lunch is on us. Yeah. That's for Joe. The I challenge think. now is if 100 people show up at La Cage de Carry tomorrow at 12, what do we do? I think you should cover everybody's bill. Who, me? Yeah, you. You know what? <laughs> I might just do that. Okay. I might just do that. It's, it's Christmas. Christmas. It's Christmas. Drop by and say hello tomorrow. And uh, if uh, you know what, well, let's let's just do this. Uh, Fifty people or so. I'm willing to uh, to buy a beverage. I'm in with you as well. Or a sandwich or a burger. Up to fifty people. More than fifty people, it's going to put a little bit of a dent in the wallet. You know what I mean? I'm in. I'm I'm in with you as well. But up to fifty people, it's Christmas after all. It's Christmas, no? Yeah. We have to love each other. It's Christmas. <laughs> All right. I'll see you and Sammy tomorrow. Okay, buddy? Thank you. Good show tonight. Thank All you. All right. Have a great have a great night. There you have it. Agnello and Sammy Cavallaro. Best bosses I've ever had. You want to know why? They're like, they're like bosses. They just, Tony, do your thing, man. We do our thing. You do your thing. I let them do their thing. They make me do our thing. That's it. They don't get it. They make me do my thing. That's all. I love these guys. Kelly says uh, that she's in Toronto. Can I buy her lunch in Toronto? Uh, you know, when you come down to Montreal, I'll take care of you, Kelly. I'll take care of you. It's another reason for you to come back to Montreal. You know what I mean? Come down to Montreal. Alex Tarras is coming tomorrow. Lacage de Carry at 12. There you go. Alex, no problem, buddy. You can even sit with me. No problem. You know what? Sit with me. Joe from RDP. I'm going to be with Agnello and Sammy. Come sit with us. No problem. At the end of the day, the goal of the... Mike is coming too. Mike, come. Mike, come. No problem. See, at the end of the day, we did this for the people. I worked in a studio, no cameras, no nothing for about 20 years. When I decided to do this full-time, I did it with, you know what? People have a chance to see me. They'll be able to better connect with me and stuff like that. Let's give this show to the people. I want to be the man. Of, let's give it to the people. So you know what? You're invited tomorrow. It's not a. It's not an, a, an official event tomorrow. Agnello and I and Sammy and I, we were just going for lunch tomorrow. 
But I figure, you know what? You're all like family to me. I'm going to be in La Cage de Carry tomorrow at 12. If you're going to be there, be very happy to see you. You can sit down. We can talk. We can talk about the abs, talk about whatever you want. I'm even a marriage expert, by the way. I fix problems, this, that, whatever. I'm a, I'm a therapist. A- any advice that you need tomorrow, it's all free. Even your meal is on me. Can you imagine 500 people show up to La Cage de Carry tomorrow? Oh, my God. I have to take out a loan on the house. In the meantime, tomorrow night, same time, same place. Special thanks to 8.6 Beer, Intense by Nature, to Energy Transportation Group, and to Lacage for bringing you the sick podcast. To you, my sick army, I bid good night. Tomorrow, the Canadians are in Florida versus the Panthers. Same time, same place for us. 10 p.m., the sick podcast. Joining me, Mitch Jaguer. He's been on before. This guy's a beauty, just like me. Have a sick night. Have a sick day tomorrow. I'll talk to you again tomorrow night. Same time, same place. Embrace the tank. I've been telling you that for a while. Connor Bedard, seven points tonight. Three goals, four assists. Bing, bang, boom. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.